So it really helps because now everybody has a voice. Our product management team have access to our, what I call our central point of truth, where we contain our intelligence, where the feed for when people submit intel, where is it going? And also the scrapers all collect everything so so they can get a, a clue, right? So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you have that one in the can already. Hey, I, I am the master of dad jokes. And I had to slip that in because I know you probably <laughs> only heard it like 78 times in the last two weeks. No, so. First time, I swear. Head, head to God, first time I ever heard it. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Competitive Enablement Show. I'm your host, Adam McQueen, and in today's episode, I was joined by Dustin Ray, the Director of Competitive Intelligence at Datto. This episode is for anyone that is in Compete looking for strategy, tactics, and advice on what you can do to work with and better support your product teams with competitive intel. Dustin and the team at Datto are doing an incredible job. Compete is present throughout the organization, but specifically today, we're only focusing on how you can help enable product teams. I also particularly love Dustin's philosophy around competitive enablement. It's a tiered approach. There's three levels to it, really. It starts with this tactical approach. How do we win revenue and how do we win deals today by supporting customer-facing teams? Then at the top, it's how do we win market share? How do we expand into new verticals? How do we have an assessment of our competitive landscape supporting the exec team, which is in the future? But then there's this mid-tier, and that's where supporting product teams sits. How do we get a competitive advantage and win two quarters from that? What are we building to take that lead, that next step? We get into that, Dustin's high-level philosophy and approach to building competitive and where product sits, but there's also plenty of tactical advice that you can take today to better work with your product teams. On a housekeeping note, I do want to let you all know about one of my favorite shows on the Compete Network as well that you need to check out. It is Compared to What, hosted by Clue's Senior Director of Product Marketing, Jason Oakley, and Federico Jorge, the founder of Stack Against. In this show, Jason and Federico are breaking down competitive comparison pages, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Real competitive comparison pages, real expert advice. They don't hold back. It's plenty of fun. Episode two is out now, so go check it out on the competenetwork.com. We also have social pages going now for the Compete Network. It's an exciting time, so make sure you check those out as well. And with that all said, let's get into today's episode. All right, today I am joined by Dustin Ray, the Director of Competitive Intelligence at Datto. He's got over 10 years of experience in the compete space. And I can't tell if he's a happy or sad Utah Jazz fan currently. Dustin, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, Adam, I'm, I'm glad to be here. And yes, I am sad to see uh, Rudy go. He grew up here in basketball, uh, here at the Jazz. I'm, I'm sad to see him go, but always excited for the future. Look at that. Dustin, ever optimistic. I've been I've been bugging him for weeks, months about this, and it finally happened. But listeners didn't come here to talk basketball. That would be our spinoff podcast. Dustin is here to chat about a topic that has seemingly come up in so many different conversations I've had with listeners of the show, folks I've met at events, and even guests on the podcast as well. And it's how does compete 
partner with product teams? How do they enable product teams? How do they work with product teams? And it feels like it's one of the toughest nuts to crack in the space. Dustin, when we met in person over in Telecon, shoot, what was that, two months ago now? Yeah, it seems like yesterday, right? <laughs> I know, doesn't it? It's one of those, like, it feels like it was forever ago, but also yesterday. We, we got to talking, and one of the things that you first brought up to me on, on the first night was this tiered approach you have to compete and where working with product fits into that. So I'd love for you to share to the listeners this tiered approach to competitive that you've outlined. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a great way of breaking it out of how we focus our, our efforts. It actually comes from a military doctrine too, in a way in which they handle operations. So as we look at that, there's the tactical intelligence and everybody's familiar with tactical and strategic. But I think the reason that product is kind of gets left out at times is because there's an operational level, right? That uh, And that's where uh, product lives. Look, really quick, we know tactical is going to be, hey, are we enabling sales to sell today? Are we enabling them so that they can get so that they can win in a competitive engagement with the customers and win business, right? So I think that's understood. People understand that. And at the strategic level, at the very top level, right, you see competitive and market intelligence really based around driving strategy. How should we invest our IRAD? What market should we be moving into? Who are the up-and-comers that we should be watching out for, right? So everybody understands that from the strategic level. That's kind of like, who are we going to be competing with in five years, three to five years, right? But there's always that point. So tactical is, who am I competing with today? Who am I competing with three to five years? But well, what about the rest of the time? And that's where operational intelligence comes into because this is really focused on those people in your company who are responsible for putting together your offerings for your products and services. So product management, right? And even product marketing to some extent. So it's like, how does this feed in? Well, it's it's so important because they're they're the ones who are reacting to what's going on currently in the market and leading us to that strategic vision. So where the intelligence comes into there for product line is uh, we need to provide the intelligence that is going to let them know what, what are the features we should be focusing on? How can we get leap ahead technology? How can we understand how the competitive dynamic is changing so that they can influence and update the roadmaps to our own products and services? So that's really where operational is focusing on is, hey, what, cam- what, what marketing campaigns are occurring and how should we be managing our, our current product and services offerings? to best compete in the marketplace. So it's almost from like a timeline perspective. I look at, I see those as well as like tactical, how do we win today? Strategic, how do we win three to five years from now? And an operational, like you mentioned, almost like one to two quarters from now. It's that midpoint from a, from a timeline perspective. Getting back to what we heard from Intellicon is so many people want to know, how do you partner with product teams? In your experience, why do you think that's a question that's coming up? Why do you think this has been a difficult challenge for folks in competitive? I think the reason it's been uh, difficult is because of where competitive intelligence is sat. It's either been at like the very front end of the business, buried in in sales, winning business, or it's been stuck in strategy, right? Where it's working on, hey, we're supporting the senior leaders so that they can do the strategy. And only in the last handful of years, we've seen it start moving into even product marketing, where at least it's closer, but even then is it's looked too much as a marketing function, right? And so a lot of times, some of that information that the company needs to grow, maybe isn't, they're not gathering that in the the marketing function. So uh, some of it is that's where the gap sits. 
And now that you see product marketing and product becoming much, much more aligned than product marketing, and it's grown immensely over the last 10 years, they're coming into alignment. So now everybody's like, oh, great. We know how to position ourselves competitively, but how do we help the business and their products so that they, we can now drive development and manage our roadmaps? And I think that's why it's coming up is because from a compete standpoint is that nut hasn't, hasn't been totally cracked yet, right? So from, from your perspective and your experience so far, what's, what's one of the first things you've done in order to build this working relationship? Maybe it's something formal, maybe it's just something a little bit more informal, but to create that alignment that you just mentioned there, that product marketing and product kind of getting involved in compete. Yeah. And so a, a couple of things that I know that have worked well is by actually engaging them. Sometimes it's just getting a hold of them and asking them what they need. And two is whenever you give something, ask for something in return. So one of the ways that I've been able to do this is uh, currently like where I sit, we, we are in like the, uh, the, the sales or solutions engineering um, currently. So we have, we have a technical bent on some of the intelligence we're gathering. So we've been able to work and get that intelligence in front of product and help them prepare like their, their go-to-market and, and what does that environment look like as they prepare and develop their uh, development plans. And so they, one of the things they have to do is they're looking at a new product or they're looking at upgrading a product and relaunching it. When they look at that, it's like, okay, what are we going against? So there's been a big desire. I found uh, a couple of strong champions in the product management team. And I was able to keep on feeding them data. We've been able to, and we're still doing it. We're still building it, right? It's not 100% in place yet, but it is where we've had it. It's been really successful on getting my, uh, my competitive intelligence analyst integrated into the workflow of these product managers. So now they're inside, they're in the meetings. They're the ones briefing of what's going on. What are our competitors doing? They brief, what is the roadmap coming out and looking like of our competitors? So we can understand how to prioritize what we develop and how we can do leap ahead. And that's one thing we've been able to do and that gets presented and it's helping them. It's being presented at QBRs, it's being presented at you know, uh, product reviews and gate reviews for development. So we're the team's getting out there in front of it and becoming visible as they're working in those workflows with product management. But you got to find a couple, one or two people in that group that will champion it and bring that information. And a lot of times it means give them a few things and get their response and be able to take that. It's not always fun when somebody says, this doesn't help me, go back, put it in a format that'll help them or get the right thing, right? So that's one thing that we've been able to do. We've been able to establish that relationship through champions uh, in, the, in the product line or product management world. It, it sounds to me as well, when you, when you mentioned that getting two or three champions, another thing you mentioned there was with your, your, an analyst on your team almost being not ever present, but more present in sort of the day-to-day workings of the product team, like where these different meetings, these different projects they might be taking on and having like a, a compete presence there at some of these different touch points. Is that, is that something that's like, that you've been like purposely working on? Yes, it's very specifically designed because generally what happens with competitive intelligence is they'll align along the lines of the sales teams. It's really hard to get deep intel when you're covering all your competitors or just a tiny little subsection of competitors in a market. So what we did, and we did this intentionally, was we're aligning by product. And by doing that, we're able to dive down into that product and get to know those competitors and actually get to know the product and the technology behind it. We were also able to align with a lot of the, the, the solutions engineers who do the sizing of these products. 
who are out there talking to our customers that can say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. They're the, and so they can feed that information in. So it's part of a, just because where we sit in the organization, we're able to work with a lot of these solution engineers. And then when we go to product uh, line or product management, right, we're able to then say, okay, here's what we know. We can speak your language. If you don't align to how product management is organized, they don't know who to get a hold of. If they have to get a hold of four different people, it's going to be really hard when it's like, hey, I need something on X competitor. Oh, well, you know, Jane over there does that. Oh, we need to know about Australia. Well, you know, Juan knows that, right? So that just, it just frustrates them. They don't know who to go to and it's never coordinated. So by aligning to the product, we've, we've had better luck. And even it's even affected us on the tactical side because we're able to get into deeper conversations that are brought into more opportunities because we have a deeper knowledge rather than, you know, just being the, the, the manager of the battle cards or the manager of a competitor. That makes sense. So, and our battle cards are more informed because of it too. It's allowed your compete program and, and, and folks within your team to be more, they're used more as a strategic resource. And one of the things that actually is, is interesting coming from you as well as when you first talked about sort of like marketing and product marketing, just getting more involved in compete and more aligned. And one thing you mentioned that your compete program, it, it sits with sales engineering. Has that been something that's helped bridge that gap? Because I feel like solutions engineers, sales engineers, those teams are like kind of this perfect midpoint between product and sales, right? They have a greater appetite and they also have a deeper understanding of the technological aspect of a product, but they also speak a seller's language. Is that something that's really helped in terms of building that alignment? Almost definitely. So this is my fourth time of implementing or re-implementing an intelligence program, right? And so to put it into perspective, I started November 15th. We relaunched a whole new, uh, you know, our center point of, you know, of truth for intelligence, right? A whole new tool that kicked off in January. And none of my team has been here longer than six months. So in that amount of time, we've been able to get in where we've, we've, we're supporting three product launches, right? We've built out content for over 60 competitors, right? We still have some work to do. Don't get me wrong. We're still building it, but we're building it while the airplane's flying. But we've been able to get into these workflows with product uh, management, but even more than that, we've gotten into the workflows with product marketing. But where we sit with the SEs, there's no way we could have did it as quickly. Because here's the thing is SEs also, they, they have a great interaction with the sales teams. So as, as we work with them, they can help collect a lot of that. They can, do, they can help us with that technical analysis. And so then as we put it with the other items that we're gathering from either win-loss or third-party reports or what's being scraped by our different tools we have, right? Or, you know, doing customer interviews, right? We're able to put it together. When we put that, it gives us a holistic look. And because these sales engineers, like I said, they know how to speak to sales, but they're the ones who are actually implementing what our products and services are. It really gives us that insight and that direct link to work with product line. So we can, like I said, we can speak their language. So... Yes, you're right. Where we sit in the organization, it like put rocket fuel in our ability to roll out the plan. When I initially, like I said, came on, it was like, okay, in a year, we should have a new tool set up with our main competitors covered, right? And we've blown past that. So we're actually in workflows. Uh, we're, we're working, like I said, even with product marketing, which I think is another one that it's kind of new too, even though CI resides there a lot, they're also in that operational framework. And a lot of times, you know, marketing gets so used to just talking about us all the time, they need to work campaigns that work in the competitive front. And that fits in exactly. So that's one thing we have is I call it, we got the trifecta. 
when we meet weekly for either SME meetings to talk tech, we have us, we have product marketing, and we have product management in it, right? And other people is needed, right? And then when we get into more of the go-to-market meetings, those same three are in there too. So we're kind of the catalyst that helps do that. And as we work through these meetings, we're able to see the viewpoint of, of everywhere that touches the business on the operational frame, if that makes sense. It, it, seemed, it just makes logical sense to me. I think I've spoken to so many different people and where your compete program lives doesn't necessarily make or break the success. I think regardless of where it sits, a compete program needs to be cross-functional. Teams across the board need competitive intel. But from what it sounds like um, when, I'm, when I'm listening to you, is like sitting in that spot with sales engineers, it's just, it puts you in a position for success. It puts you already in a position where you can connect with different departments a, a lot easier than you would say if you're purely a sales function because then you're, that you might be perceived that way. This, these are their primary points of contact, or if you're just marketing, or a stra- or you're working just with strategy. So it, it sounds to me that that sitting there is something that's really helped bridge the gap specifically as well with bringing product into the fold. I mean, Pat Wall from Imperva used to always tell me that sales engineers, solutions engineers, he calls them his competitive ninjas. They're his best friends in the entire world. And listening to your example, that it, it, it makes total sense. Yeah, and, and to, to go on, talking about your sales and solutions engineers is, like I said, all the success I've had in my career has been establishing relationships with that, with that group in any company. And they're not the easiest nut to crack, right? They're, it's pretty, it's, you know, but as soon as you get their trust and they start working with you, your competitive program explodes. And so it's, I mean, so here's the thing is I've had a lot of success, whether I've been in strategy, had the competitive function in a strategy, corporate strategy group, or had it in a business development group, or had it at the front end in sales, right? Or even in marketing ads, it, it can. The thing that's really nice, and you hit it on the head with being in a sales engineering group, is everything I do on the CI front is specifically tied to the KPIs of the sales engineering management. So what that does is now I can get properly resourced. I can get the money I need to do the work I need to do, I get the people I need to do the work. Many times what happens when you get in some of these other groups, it's really hard to tie in. I'm working with product. It's really hard to tie it into a KPI if you're in sales. So it always comes down to it. And sometimes it sounds crazy, but you are going to have to go to wherever you sit in the business is where you sit. And there's probably a good reason you're there. And unless you can make a good business case to move, you can work where you're at. I mean, sometimes we just have to lift where we stand, right? So one of the best things to do to get into with product line is go talk to your boss and get it part of the KPI request it. So that way, if he looks at it and, and he is going to get, and it's going to help him, then, Hey, guess what? You'll get the resources you need. But if it's not, if you're trying to do work with product line and it's not part of the KPI of the functionality in or your boss, it's going to be really hard. Right. So that's another thing that as we as competitive intelligence practitioners have to learn is it's not that they're not, they don't have the foresight. It's not like the business doesn't care. It's just each of these functional areas are given resources to carry out that function. So if you want to go and do something else with that money that doesn't support that function, they're going to say no. And there'd be, in all reality, it'd be kind of stupid if they didn't. Right. I mean, so you, so the best thing to do is you have to couch it how you're supporting that KPI and how you're supporting your boss to be successful. And like I said, with sales engineering, they're, they have, they're tied to sales. So, and they're also tied to 
how how important are these implementations going when we sell new products and services? So then obviously there's that product component. So it's easy to say, you know, I've had a lot of support from my boss and 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 his boss. I'm going like, yes, please do. You need to be there. Go pound the table to get this stuff so we can sell more, right? And so we can make our life easier and we can grow. So it supports our KPIs. So that's what it comes down to is tie what you're doing to KPIs. I think that's really why a lot of these CI functions struggle on trying to support product is because you go and say you're going to use resources for another functional area, they kind of, you can get some pushback. In terms of what Kabev Intel your product team wants, needs, and finds most valuable. Is it, are there certain things that have stood out to you now as you're starting to support them? Yeah. So one is um, they really want to understand and do a good work through how do we compare? So it comes down to, here's the functions we care about with our product. How does that compare to the competitor? And what functions do they have that we don't? So they want to understand that. And then two is how do we approach it from both a go-to marketing and a plan and, and a roadmap? standpoint. And then two is what's going on with the competitors because it changes so fast. So one of the the things we do, and and like I said, I shamelessly stole this from the military, is on a weekly meeting, uh, a majority of the the people on my team, when they're working with these product line um, managers, right, they give them a brief of what's going on. (laughs) This is what's happened with the near competitors. This is what's going on with the money in this. This is what's changed since we talked last week. So some of it's that, but what what really helps them the most, though, is that comparison. And then two is laying out and templating what does the roadmap look like for our competitors? Because from there, it drives the decision-making it, you know, for what these product managers have to do. When they're launching a new, a new product, what they don't know is they're, they're like, is it going to be accepted by the marketplace? Is it going to be accepted by consumers? Now, I can't go and tell them it is. But what I can say is this is how the competitors are in that space or how that need is being scratched right now. And this is how they're doing it and how they're going to market. And this is what it looks like. This is what we're going against. This is what we should be focusing on. Here's the landscape of what you're going into. Here is a place we can disrupt or here is a place that um, we, you know, we may be able to have a niche to come into, right? So when it comes to product launches, that is invaluable to them. And matter of fact, it's one of the gate reviews in uh, at least three of the three of the organizations I've done this, it's made it into a gate review of you have to have this. How big is the market? Who's there? Where's the underserved portion? Where can we disrupt? And if they can't answer that, then they don't get funding to develop, right? So it's one of the gates in, in most of the companies that I've ended up working in is driven to that. And that's where competitive comes into play. They can provide that lens into what what you could what you can do and where you can serve best. In terms of overlap between insights this is something i was talking with brandon with our own competitive enablement manager and he's like he said ask dustin this like where's the overlap between the insights you you're providing customer facing teams so your 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 sales your cs and product because as you mentioned there product really really care about functionality and sales do to a degree so how much overlap or is it like in terms of like your battle card content and your deliverables, is it night and day difference? Like where, where, where does that sit? So obviously I look at this as most, uh, at least they should be, and most of them are of our salespeople are going to be in looking at our content or battle cards and things like that a few times a week, right? As they prepare for different sales calls, product management, it's a few times a month, right? It's not as often, but here's the thing is 
it still comes down to as a sales team love the comparisons because of the way that we've organized them. And it comes down to it's not just like they have this, we have that. Nobody cares. They're like, great. But who said what they want to see is like, how good is it? Which of these functionalities are differentiators? So where the product team does that, because we're constantly updating it, they use that same data. That comparison data is a benchmark that both sales use to sell and the product uses to position us. That's kind of the scorecard, right? So they use that a lot, but there's more than that. Obviously, they want to hear what's coming back on why we win and why we lose. So when you cover win-loss, one of the issues that we've seen is product management tries to do their own. That's all about capabilities. Sales try to do their own all about the sales cycle. And product marketing is all about messaging, right? And, and voice of the customer. Well, it, it kind of has to be done together. By bringing that together and CI is in that perfect spot to kind of do that and coordinate it. I mean, obviously, we, we may have a third party do it or in another group in the company, but we put together, this is how it's going to happen. And by doing that is you're able to bring that in. And as it influences what we're building out for the sales team, and it has points where we win or that intel that comes out of that and that is submitted back from the sales team, product managers want to see that because they need a measure or what we was what we put out there. Is it having an effect? It's pretty easy when they can go and look at the comments on the battle card and go, oh, that was an unintended consequence. Or, oh, I didn't realize this competitor was now going to change the way they're going to go into market to counter what we did. So a lot of it is just that interaction. It creates that location for interaction to occur and for those things to be reported up. So yeah, there's some things like product marketing isn't going to look at how to counter, but they're going to look at it as like, okay, what are they calling out of why we win? What is the real comparison and how does that change? And what news and intel is coming back into the organization? Um, it's, it's one thing we've been able to do as a CI team is we brought product marketing closer to sales. And now there is more interaction going on there. Once again, I call them my super CI uh, support team, which is the SEs, help do a lot of that. And we're able to leverage them to do a lot of that. So it really helps because now everybody has a voice and it's not like, where do I find this? But yes, our product management team have access to our, what I call our central point of truth of where we contain our intelligence and we create the battle cards and we share it out and where the feed for when people submit Intel, where is it going? And also the scrapers all collect everything, right? So so they can get a, a clue, right? So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you have that one in the can already. Hey, I, I am the master of dad jokes. And I had to slip that in because I know you probably <laughs> only heard it like 78 times in the last two weeks. No, so. First time, I swear. Head, head to God, first time I've ever heard it. Um, in danger of sounding a bit too cliche, it really sounds like, alignment even when you talked about like win loss there it's like thing win loss does not happen in a silo it's a holistic picture it's not just you don't win and lose because of product because of sales like like you need to look at it from that bigger picture that lens of how they work together and as you've mentioned from the start is that bringing these together allows you to conduct things like a win loss that actually paints a bigger picture than when when you're sharing this intel you mentioned there from like a cadence perspective sellers will be in there more frequently, two to three times a week or when, whenever a deal comes up. So they're, they're active in there. What's the cadence with sharing competitive intel with the product team? And how are you sharing? What are those deliverables? What are those meetings that you're sitting in? Yeah. So basically, like uh, there's what's called, we have SME meetings, right? Which are basically technical meetings. Um, it's actually you know, we, the, uh, the great SEs, as I call them, right? The solutions and sales engineers will lead a lot of them. But in that meeting is, uh, so we actually present, the CI person presents 
this is what our major competitors or incoming competitors have released this past week. What capabilities, what came out in their last release? What's, what um, have they called out maybe in a, uh, in a quarterly report or an annual report that they're developing? And when are they going to launch these things? So we review those on, it's a, it's a weekly to a biweekly time period on every product is our, our, our team presents that and they interact that way. Then on the other side, we call it, they're like champion groups or they're like go-to-market teams. They get together on that end and it's more about how do we move the product forward. They actually, like I said, they put together a presentation that talks about what's happened in the last week with each of our competitors, right? And what's happened with different funding streams of, of different areas, right? Or what are the major impacts that are going on in the marketplace, right? Uh, so those are just common. These are things we need to consider. And then we're actually in, like I said, the product workflow. For instance, in product marketing, we provide information to position us competitively. This needs to be worked into the into that. We'll work with them and make sure it's worked in there. And with the uh, product team, we work with them on the roadmaps and the go-to-market plans of, hey, we're going to get this thing to launch. Hey, and, and there's a there's an actual piece in it that is competitive intelligence that we work, which is the, you know, the landscape and all the other stuff I talked about before. So a lot of it is it's pieces of larger deliverables. And then obviously we have a piece for each of the products in the QBRs. And this is items that, how it affects us and things we need to uh, adapt to, change or respond to, or it's not a big deal thing, right? So there's a lot of that, but it's um, it comes down to is being more of a consultant to them. And so a lot of that is what we find out is we're really heavily involved in how do we put together our competitive messaging for our products? And we're really heavily relied upon that and to lead a lot of that. It's, and so that way, it's, uh, you know, we, we've started producing exact things that, are ex- that do that. And we share it. And we utilize, obviously, all the tools we have and, all, and the database of where we've pulled all this stuff in and the scraping that occurs that we produce that. Um, it'll say, okay, if you're, gonna, if you're selling X product, this is what it looks like. This is the current state of what it is. Here's the questions. It's all prescriptive. Here's the questions you need to ask to figure out where your customer sits so you can figure out if they're a good fit or what we should really be pushing to them or who the competitor is. So, you know, so we want to figure out who are we competing with? Who are we unseating if there's a, an incumbent? And it all comes down to, do you have a system in place that can do this? And then you just have to keep it updated. And that right there is going to be reviewed and we do training sessions on it regularly and we actually produce videos on it right that that they have to that it's required watching so there's a lot of different ways we interact a lot of it is being in these workflows but we do have like i said we produce the the traditional you know competitive primers and differentiation docs obviously battle cards we also do the comparison docs and deep dives on competitors i mean that's just common everybody does that but we take a little different approach uh, of where it's prescriptive and it tells them what to do rather than reporting what's going on, if that makes sense. Definitely. And I think you need to earn the legitimacy in order to do that. And that could be as partially, I think, where you're sitting, the work you're undertaking, like the people you're getting involved in this program and, and, and the work you're doing. It, it sounds to me like you, you've got this seat at the table with all of these different departments, whether it's product roadmap, whether it's messaging. Whether it and then obviously it goes unsaid the parts of like selling as well, but it sounds to me that it's it's not just yeah like you said like show up report it's that you're 
you're there consistently and that like compete has been baked into so many of the processes that these departments uh they're what they're undertaking yeah exactly are, are you in the development pi- are, there, you should have a somewhere in one of the gate reviews you should have a deliverable that has to be met and it has to be cleared in order to move forward you should be in the sales cycle somewhere where they have to address competitive uh procedures so here's the thing like i said I haven't been at where I'm currently at that long. I've been at other places where there was a lot longer time frame, but like I said, it's we're building the airplane as it's flying. And so you you just have to start start with one and build it out. And the biggest thing is that but if you don't establish the ways that you can scale, and that's what it comes down to is we can't, it would be really hard to support them if we didn't have the ability to scale by having things that have been automated or been pulled into, like I I'll refer to it again as that, you know, central truth, right? Um where is that central point of truth? We have to be able to go to it. Where does all that information goes and people know if it's there, it's true, right? And if you don't have that, you can't really scale. And it's gonna be harder for us to, to react to things if you don't have it. So it comes down to get the systems in place. Two is get in and network with people, find who can champion it and start off with one. And and it's like I said, I always say it's a, it's a push-pull method. You, you never give anything without asking for something in return, right? You never take a piece of Intel without giving them something in return. Because by doing that, is it, it automatically sets that system up of in, free information flow, and then you can build out your system to collect. And then from there, you have a team who can then be the consultant to the rest of the organization. Do you produce battle cards specifically for product teams? Not necessarily. It's usually a one-off of the way that it goes. They use a lot of the intel we have, and they also will use uh, a deeper competitor view. Um, we do have product that we we developed directly for them, but it's kind of funny. We've actually been discussing over the last three weeks is if we should. So because a lot of that is there's certain things they need to see on a regular basis. How can we standardize it? And the first thing that came up was maybe we just adjust the battle card format so that that information is just there and they can use it when they need to rather than calling us all the time. But we also like it when they call us because then we feel needed, right? So anyway, <laughs> it's, <laughs> that's a little tongue in cheek, but it's uh, a lot of it now is that there's a lot of handholding, but as they, as they become enabled competitively, we won't have to do as much handholding, right? So, and it wasn't even us, it was a, a product manager brought that up to us. Is going, can you, can, can you create something like this? It just has this information that will tell me this, and then you can brief off of it in our meetings. And we're like, that's interesting. So it's something that has been discussed. You know, like I said, we currently usually take what we currently have, like out of either the sales enablement portion of the battle card and from our competitive uh, repository to create what they need because that's where we're collecting it. But uh, it's something that, uh, yes, it would help to elevate and to streamline the support for product management. It's it's like a primer almost. I think is what you said there. It's like it, it gives a it's like you set an agenda for something ahead of time. Like yeah, we'll still meet in person, but here's some things that you can read up on. Here's what you can access yourself that doesn't take away from our time. Otherwise, you're gonna get pulled in so many dis- directions, especially if you have really strong relationships across the department. You're not just a compete function purely supporting sales. You're you're supporting a lot of departments. That's a lot of bandwidth you've got to cover there. My last question before we depart here is, um, do you canvas competitive Intel from the product product team at all? Yes. Uh, so we specifically, we set up a, uh, what I call a review, a, a content review and product. We actually put the product team on it. So I have 
obviously we have product marketing, a product management, we added product management, sales and, and sales engineering are on it, right? And even some of our close customers will use, right? And say, hey, here we go. This is what we know and get feedback from them. But yes, it's uh, something that when we put together, we like to each of the different product uh, focus areas have a group that reviews it and product management is definitely involved with it. What kind of insights would they typically provide? Is there trends you've seen from what product teams are, are, are providing? Yeah, so here's what's interesting. You know, a majority of updates that come out on products are never used. They're only like 27% of most technology is even utilized to its full potential. So here's the things what we found out. And, and I'm going to tell you, so I actually had somebody had to tell me that. But what, we, what I learned was we're doing these comparisons. And it was like, this is why it's good, but this is why it isn't. You know, one of the people on my team had a great idea of going, like, why don't we ask product management why they did this and what it's supposed to address or why didn't we do this and what addresses this? So what they were able to do, they actually gave us talking points that could be used by the front end of the business to actually discuss how we are better or why we don't care about something that we're not as good at. And what that drives you to is now they're there. They, they now have, you know, product management now is vested skin in the game because they're now directing what it's going on. And of course, sometimes sales comes back and say, yeah, they don't care. They think you're full of it. Or people are like, well, how, how are we doing that? Show me. So now it's leading to more interaction to further set our product with a, a customer, right? When, hey, if you try using this new feature, this is what it can do for you. So it's, it's like I said, it's, um, it's something that we do regularly. And that's how we get a lot of our talking points around our comparisons. It's also good because the fact is that sometimes it's great because you'll get sales or sales and you're going like, yeah, people don't care about that. You may think it's cool because you're a techie person, but they don't care about that. But they really like what you're doing here. So it's also that immediate feedback. So it, it's been a very good dynamic that we've been able to develop there. Yeah, it builds that connection again. And I think that what a compete program should be doing is like you're a connector across departments. Dustin, this was great. There is a lot to be learned in this episode. I think we're gonna have to have you back. I again update even. Let's see if these product battle cards come to fruition and and what what differentiates them between other battle cards you currently produce. But in the meantime. I'll leave you to it. No Rudy Gobert, but you still have Donovan Mitchell. Dustin, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, thank you, Adam. Thank you again. I appreciate it. All right. We'll catch everyone else next week.